0: You're listening to Test, Learn, Grow, where we believe that all marketing should create value, build trust, and inspire change. This is The Level Agency Way. Hey, my name is Miles Biggs.
1: And I'm Alan Reynolds.
0: Alan and I are proud to be your hosts for this podcast.
1: And each episode of Test, Learn, Grow will be joined by agency team members and other members of the marketing community for radically candid conversations on all things marketing.
0: So without any further ado... Let's have one of those conversations and jump into today's episode. I'm really excited for our guest today, which is Amy Stetler. Amy is the head of our Client Partnerships Center of Excellence here at Level. So Amy, thanks for joining us on the podcast.
2: Hey, Miles. Hey, Alan. How's it going? Happy Tuesday.
0: Happy Tuesday. Let's just go right into it. We're here to talk about something called the RACI framework, R-A-C-I my first question for you, since you're the one that sort of introduced this to the agency, is
2: hmm.
0: when did you get first introduced to the Racy framework? When did you first hear about it? Use it? How did it come into your life?
2: So I got introduced to the Racy when I worked at Ogilvy and Mather on the IBM business, and I am—I always like to think that IBM kind of created everything. I'm not sure that they really did, but I do think the Racy has been around since the 50s. And was probably created more for like project management and product management to help keep uh, people in their lanes, right? And to help keep all the tracks moving forward. And somewhere in the 70s, I read that it came into the advertising and marketing communications world. Flash forward to the 90s and there I was at Ogilvy and Mather and we had just onboarded IBM from 40 agencies to one. And globally, and we were one cross-functional team agency back in the day. So Ogilvy had creative and media and account services and production and eventually digital. And we realized really quickly as we were trying to consolidate what used to be done by hundreds of people now being done by, let's say, 100 people, right? So if there were 40 agencies, there was probably 300 people working and touching the business and so each project was uh, very matrixed, and it was taking you know months beyond deadlines to get things accomplished. And part of why IBM wanted to consolidate was to bring efficiency to the process and to streamline to get things done faster. And so the Racy appeared one day because the media people and the creative people and the at- and the accounts people were all duplicating effort. And there was no clear swim lanes for each of us to have our voice and own the parts of the process and the thinking that we needed to throughout the development of a campaign. So let's talk about what the RACI is. It's an acronym for Responsible, Accountable, Consulting, and Informed. So there's people across the RACI matrix, the decision-making matrix that have very clear roles. And the responsible party is the one who's making sure it all gets done. The accountable party is actually doing it. The consulting party is contributing along the way proactively or when asked. And the informed party is usually a big boss and and they're just kept apprised of key milestones and key decisions. And so when we developed that out across that macro level, we realized it was really working well to get us all speaking the same language and moving towards the end goal together. What if we brought it down just into not just the IBM team or the media team, but my team, which at the time was the personal systems group, which was PCs back in the day, And so that was great because there were a lot of clients. So when, when our, when the business consolidated, that didn't necessarily mean that the number of marketing clients at IBM changed. So we had a lot of people that we had to keep informed on the client side through the process. So the RACI really allowed us to identify who was going to be the voice in the media planning and buying process to the client to make sure that we were getting the right approvals, we were getting their input, we were getting the research and discovery meetings that we needed to have happen, and ultimately getting in market on time. So it was a really valuable tool that I've come back to over and over again in my career.
1: So Amy, how do we take this from just being a tool, right? I feel like Tools are tools are buzzworthy, right? And there's always something, the latest and greatest thing to use. But this Mm -hmm. has had some staying power for you, right? Over 30 years of relying on this. How can we move it from being an option to something that we employ with our clients and with our internal teams?
2: I mean, that's such a good question. I think it's as simple as introducing it and operationalizing it as part of your structure in your teams or in your process. So, you know, just like we have level 10 meetings that are very structured, you might have a product a, a project status meeting that's set up by the RACI. So that all of the people who are involved in the project are invited to the meeting and they have their roles are very clearly defined based on the acronym that they represent. And that is the responsible party probably leads the meeting because they're responsible to making sure it gets done. The accountable party has most of the content for the meeting and is sharing. The consulting party is there to contribute and feedback in real time. And maybe the informed party is optional. And if you structure a status meeting that way, even with your clients, you're gonna find three things happen. You're, You're gonna be able to move through the project much faster. You should, you should be able to have a, a better feeling of success and ownership, which leads people to feel successful. So it's more motivating for the team. And the third thing is you should be able to pivot pretty quickly. So one of the things I really like about the racy, and this is a little bit off topic, but uh, is that if, if you can operationalize it, and that's just one idea, you can, you can use it to help Scale. So whether you're scaling a team because your business is growing or you're scaling a media buy in market or the size of a campaign, because you've got clear swim lanes, you can identify the resource needed to actually start to grow and very quickly integrate the new into your working model. So scalability is a really valuable part of of what I think the RACI can impact and drive. So add that to the mix of benefits of executing a a RACI model in your org.
0: I know my favorite thing about it is it reduces the time spent wondering where do I go with this piece of information, or who needs to be in that meeting, or what am I supposed to do. So much like we can spend so much time just stuck treading water, kind of wondering which way to turn. And it's a Mm -hmm. really easy, quick to reference and use tool to just help direct you in that moment of uncertainty, create the certainty, and now you can just focus on getting it done versus thinking about getting it done, talking about getting it done, having a meeting to establish who should be getting it done, right? It's decided up front, and then you just get to rock and roll with it, whether that's internally on our team or even how our team works with a client team, because sometimes... We'll use a client's creative department as an example, and they're creating certain mm-hmm. things. So then we're clear, okay, we're going to launch this campaign, but you need to do this and we'll do this. And I found the RACI is really great for that. And people leave the meeting super clear on their role. Yeah. And then we get that final result much faster instead of potentially mixed messages, double work, like you mentioned with your the example, right? It's one of those things where it's like, this is so simple. Why haven't I always done this, (laughs) right? It's almost too good to be true.
2: Yeah, it's true. And it it gives, it empowers the team too. So what I, I think that's so important in today's distributed environment, right? Is that it's sometimes, it's a lot harder these days to make sure everybody on the team is working with the same information, feeling like they're connected and on the same page, you know accessing content in real time all of those things that we are working through as a distributed world now the racy i think really helps there because it it gives people who otherwise might not have a leadership role so if we were all in a room together sitting in an office there's kind of this natural hierarchy that happens in an office because of of i think the the impact of being face to face. And when a, a senior level person walks into the room, they tend to own the meeting. Whereas in the distributed environment, it's kind of leveled the playing field in terms of how all the faces show up on a Zoom or a team screen. And we're all kind of uh, there together. I, it's one of the things I actually really think is a benefit of the the distributed world that we're living in. But the RACI empowers junior people to feel really confident that they can they can have they can have that voice in the meeting.
1: Yeah, and I can echo that, Amy. Uh, a success story that we have with the Racy is when we have revamped onboarding. We developed a RACI, Miles and I and another uh, internal team member and how we divide and conquer this. Mm. And ultimately, at the end of the day, Miles is accountable, uh, but he's not you know, responsible. So his hand's not in the cookie pot day in, day out. And it's really let this other colleague and I run with things and just get, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, get it done, right? Instead of waiting around like Miles is in a meeting or Miles is there, like we, we get it done. And then, you know, we inform and update him and it, it has allowed onboarding to be so much smoother and take less time on, on the minutiae and the little things that really are just wasteful. And then we can get together and have the space to do actual deep creative work on what we need to develop.
2: Yeah, isn't that fantastic? It, so it empowers everybody in on the whole team. So it empowers Miles as a manager to trust and be focused and present where he is and not worrying about where he should be. It empowers you and your coworker, your teammate to own the content, own the own the, the output, own the deliverable and also feel really good that your manager knows what you're, what you're doing and knows that you also have identified people who can help you along the way. Those are your consultants. And so I, yeah, I love, I love that story. I think that's great. I think we use it a lot on some of our businesses in the B2B1 team because we are kind of in that constant state of of scaling and growing, as I mentioned. So I use SAE as an example. We also have two project management systems that we have to work with. So we have our internal project management system, which is called Asana. And then we have SAEs, which is called Workfront. And each one is very different. Each one triggers all kinds of different tasks when you, after you enter a task, some manual, like more on the Asana side where you have more control. And some not manual, some automated and triggered. And so, you know, Rike is another example of this where you enter a task and like seven new tasks will populate as a result of them. And that's good project management. That's a good thing. We use the RACI to make sure that the team members who are in a role on that business know, Okay, who is responsible for making sure the project management systems are talking to each other? Who is accountable for making sure the tasks that are that either have automatically been populated are populated correctly and are and client is aware at the same time? Who is accountable to developing those manual tasks inside on Asana? So it sounds really cumbersome. Because in the ideal world there would be one project management system, but there's not, and that we deal with that as agencies all the time, right? So the RACI helps us integrate multiple systems and multiple platforms with fewer headaches and f- and less frustration. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I look for less frustration every day in life, let alone in my job, you know. And then again, going back to your example, Alan. It gives peace of mind to the ultimate owner of the SAE relationship to know as the informed party, this is all happening. And so it becomes a really easy part of the status updates that we have to say, yep, project XYZ, 27 tasks have been created in Workfront. Clients are all mapped to their tasks. They all know what they're doing. We have turned those twenty-seven into seven here at the agency because we can manually consolidate. Everybody here is is aware and uh, informed to proceed. So it gives Laura, in this case, a whole lot of peace of mind so that she can focus on other things and not, you know, worry about the actual task management.
1: Right. We want that big brain focusing on strategy and other deeper deep thoughts. Yeah. But I do want to rumble a little bit. I love a good rumble, you know. In, in, it's not an ideal world, right? We have different project management systems. Also, in an ideal world, we would have, you know, a lot of time for projects, and we would make sure that we have the adequate time we need to turn it around and, and deliver a solid, terrific project that meets our clients or exceeds our clients' expectations. But we live in the real world and sometimes project requests and new asks happen and they, you know, need answers and deliver solutions quickly. What happens with that tension between we have something urgent, genuinely urgent, mm-hmm. and do we, how do we carve out space for a racy when we really just need to get the thing done, but also the struggle between yeah. urgency and process.
2: Yeah, I mean it's a common issue and something that the RACI is actually there to help offset, right? So it it should be the kind of combination of the Eisenhower matrix and the RACI. And and so, you know, if you implement the RACI into your operating structure and you are actually able to identify priorities within the eisenhower matrix right so what is going to drive the most impact on your business with the least amount of work is what we're all looking for but when is it okay and a priority to do the most for the most that happens a lot and and that's important as well but if you can map that to the responsible and the accountable parties and you ask the responsible party to communicate clearly on those priorities and connect. If let's say it's multiple projects across different groups, those responsible parties need to get together and just have one extra conversation about it to make sure that it is clear to the team and to the accountable party in particular, what they should prioritize and how fast they can run towards it. And How and one area that we often see that gets dropped is the informed area. So how many times have you guys been in a client meeting or I know I have been in client meetings when my team comes in and they're having a conversation about something that I thought was still being worked on and it's already been presented and client is already running with it. And for a minute, my heart skips and I think, oh, my God, I should have seen that but then i realized you know what the racy's working everybody seems happy nobody's getting yelled at the project is is flying and okay i feel really good about that that's when the racy really really comes into play and as a valuable tool i think so i'm not sure if that exactly answers your question but i it's so much about communication and and so yeah i mean i think the responsible party is not a figurehead that is a, a key thing. Otherwise, they would be the informed party, right? The responsible party has to be pretty actively engaged. And I, I think that I know in the acronym, they are all capitals, but the R should be bolded.
1: <laughs> yeah, like a scaling uh, size. <laughs> yeah. it, it also brings up an interesting point. I know that this is a bit of a tangent, but thinking about the racy, thinking about how critical communication is, N- mapped on top of that the remote environment that many companies are, are reckoning with or the hybrid environment. How do you build communication and and, and strong ties between your team members that you know the tool like this is really effective in large part because everyone's on board with it and connected to one another? Mm. I think if, if that was a different circumstance, this tool might be less effective. If only one or two people get behind it, right? It's not super helpful. But it sounds like your team is well oiled. And I just wondered if you had any insight there.
2: You know, we spend a lot of time talking and whether that's on Slack or on teams, quick teams or huddles, we try to be very conscious and aware of the little piece of information that might take 30 seconds to communicate that could change the direction of the work that that person is doing or the projects that they're delivering for the day. And so it does, it is, it is figuring out how to do the desk drive by in the remote world. And fortunately, our tools make it really easy. In fact, when we were all in the office together, because I love our office, we all love our office, but we also all love the idea that we get to have the hybrid choice. I popped by one of the guy's desk and I just. You know, did my normal sort of small talk? Hey, how's it going? What, you, what What are you working on? Blah blah blah. Of course, in my mind, I'm like, okay, I have, I really have urgent stuff I need to tell you, but I care about you, and I haven't seen you in a while, and so I want to have, I want to have a personal moment with you. And then we had so much fun, kind of catching up and looking at each other in the face and laughing about some things. That then, when I started in on the business stuff, went through all that. This person sort of said, okay, wait a minute, you're going to have to repeat all that to me because I was still on the, the conversation we were having. I was still laughing about the thing. And so there's something to be said for the the way we've all adapted to this remote world and how we communicate. You can communicate so efficiently in Slack and there's no you know euphemisms needed. There's no small talk needed there because it's understood. This is a place where I can use shorthand to say, hey, X, Y, Z as when you see someone in person you kind of want to acknowledge them as a human. And so I think we have really gotten good, you know, at at kind of building consensus that way on certain projects and certain decisions and then I think there's just a huge amount of mutual respect for the work that each other does and the and the thinking that we bring to the table. There's there is just an absolute appreciation for every point of view that is shared in working through a project, and so I think so much so to some time some degree that the racy was kind of necessary to say okay you can you can everybody can have a point of view, but there has to be one person who's responsible for deciding which point of view is the right one or which one is the one we're moving forward with and then there has to be the accountable person who puts it all together to tell the story and so it it did it did that is probably when i realized a racy would be really helpful in our team dynamic because there was some there were so many big brains thinking about this stuff that we would get stuck occasionally like nothing would move forward and then we would all leave hang up our teams and be like okay well who's doing what <laughs> right. I don't know if that's happened to you guys
0: yeah i think about it. it's like taking a purposeful step back and slowing down so that the project like you mentioned before can move forward at a quicker yeah. pace so it's proactively setting that intention and, and defining the swim lanes so that you can just swim or whatever other cheesy metaphor you want to do right yeah uh, And so that's i think it's great i think people listen to this podcast there's there's a ton of other things like this out there but it's a really easy framework to remember four letters easily defined and it's a chance to just up the accountability that we all have in our projects and between clients and our vendors or wh- however you just communicate with people you're working with, whatever the relationship, it's it's great. So I appreciate you first bringing it to the agency so we could all benefit from it. And then second, sure. hopping on the podcast to chat about it today. Amy, it's been fun.
2: Got it. Well, I love visiting you guys on Test Learn Grow and I love working with you guys too. So thanks for having me. Back at you, Amy.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Test, Learn, Grow from your friends at Level Agency. For more information about what we do here at Level, be sure to visit us online at www.level.agency.
0: And do not forget to rate and subscribe to this show wherever you listen to your podcasts so that you never miss an episode. Until next time, remember that the best way to do any sort of marketing is
2: to test, learn, and grow.